0: All right, that was a little eight-bit version of Mother by Danzig.
1: Mother, <laughs> do you wanna bang heads with me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that and that is in tribute to all of our mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day.
1: Good call, Johnny. Uh, this is best friend of me. I'm Christopher Long.
0: And I'm Johnny Costa Rica.
1: <laughs> john <laughs> Is there a quarantine there?
0: (laughs) You know, I got to say, too, that my mom sometimes listens to the podcast and she knows that I'm the number one son of her, Billy, because I still need her. Billy (laughs) has moved on and grown up.
1: So basically, you're saying there's like the one episode of The Simpsons where Homer's, you know, they separate for, you know, 12 hours and he totally goes to shit. It's like, I'm totally dependent on you. Oh,
0: do you think Billy needs to call mom about, like, his registration being due in fucking two days and he doesn't have enough money? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) That's my job.
1: (laughs) Well, apparently Billy just doesn't want to be a good son. I know. Being being all self-reliant and self-sufficient.
0: Oh, I'm so grown up. I pay my bills on time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, so what's going on in your world out there doing the Lord's work? Dude, <laughs> Yeah, I
0: told you, I told you earlier, I, you know, I was on a, I was on a sales call and they were like shooting the shit and talking about like, Hey, well, you know why everyone's on quarantine? What do you guys, what do you guys, what, what movies are you watching? What, what podcasts are you listening to? And I said my thing. And then one of my friends at work had the balls to say that his favorite podcast was best friend and they're like writing it down. I'm like, really? How's that spelled? I was like, I was dying, dude.
1: You know, actually, it's funny. So at my job, they have this new system where you're supposed to go in and like update your career po- profile, your hobbies. And, you know, and they have a segment of things that you do and podcasts. Like you there was a selection of if you do a podcast that you could check it. And I hesitated and I was like. I don't want anyone in my work listening to my podcast. Like yeah.
0: I'll,
1: I'll get fired.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I always I I anyone that finds out that I have a podcast, I always say, Oh, it's a comedy podcast. It's <laughs> satire a- satire cannot be held against me.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh so you know what? I you know, we've recorded a couple of these handful of these podcasts in quarantine and not a lot's changed for me. This whole banter section is usually uh one of my favorite parts of the podcast where we're talking about dumb shit that you and I have been doing. Well, I'm not really doing a whole lot of dumb well, you know, not <laughs> out in the open like I normally do, but it's just kind of the same routine, just waking up, going. Yeah, you guys,
0: you have Groundhog's Day. Like, your day is,
1: is oh. uh, crazy. Well, so Jamie actually has, is going into their office. I think there are only two people. She's a clothing designer. And who's,
0: Chris, who's Jamie?
1: <laughs> She's my partner. you know what johnny sometimes you really really telegraph that shit and i'm like i'm not i'm not walking into it asshole no i did how do the listeners know who
0: jamie is could be your male lover at your 24-hour fitness gym we don't know that place is closed down johnny i don't (laughs) talk about it (laughs) that's how you got caught
1: (laughs) uh we uh So she's actually going into the office um, to work with the other designer. I guess they're still six feet apart. But uh, so, I mean, her situation's kind of changed, but Jackson and I are still just held up. And actually an email just came out from the CFO of our company that they have no plans on having people go back into the office uh, in Irvine until at least january or it's january june 30th so it's gonna be a while and i'm kind of over it i'll be honest
0: yeah that would suck i dude for me it's nice to get away from the family and the kids and not have to be a teacher and just you know get out of the house
1: yeah oh for sure oh dude if i had to like oh be the teacher of my kid oh there's no way dude I yeah. I had to tap out at, like, fourth grade math.
0: Yeah, oh, um, dude. T- J- Donovan's doing some kind of history of the revolution, and he he was making shit, like, spin around and roll, like, the titles roll on this, like, barrel roll on the screen. I'm like, all right, I'm out. I can't help you anymore. You know more than me about computers.
1: Yeah, I went, hey, can Donovan come over to my house and help me with some presentations?
0: I know, dude. <laughs> Where were you when I worked at Haichu, dude? <laughs> Japanese people were ruthless. I'm <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I didn't go to college.
1: <laughs> I went to the school, hard knocks. Yes, <laughs> right.
0: I was doing blow when you were learning this. I'm sorry.
1: Well, on this episode, we are going to do top five uh, most rewatchable films. Yes, yeah, uh, so and you
0: probably watched everything like 100 times each since <laughs> you're home all the time.
1: You know, I was scrolling Netflix the other day and I paused on uh, a movie, which is actually on my list and Jamie saw it and she's like, how many freaking times have you seen that movie? And I'm like, I don't like to talk about it. It's like, you know, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about how many times you've masturbated. You don't talk about all yeah. the movies you rewatch and say, well, the no, line.
0: And then and that's the thing, dude. I see all over, like, Instagram and Facebook, people are always asking, like, oh, what are some new good new shows to watch? Blah, 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 blah. And and I think people are forgetting, dude, there's great movies out there. And even if you've seen them, you know, i rather enjoy a really good movie I've already seen than an okay new show.
1: Yeah. I, I have a handful, you know, or maybe a dozen films that if I'm scrolling tv and it's on there i'll stop i always stop
0: i can't wait to see what number the notebook falls for you
1: what do you want <laughs> <laughs> that's the only line i know thank you thank you uh,
0: i thought you were doing i thought you were doing <laughs> i thought you were gonna do
1: i don't want your laugh <laughs> oh dude. i think that's on netflix right now i saw that and of course, the line was, <laughs> "I don't want your life."
0: The <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Blues is
1: awesome, dude.
0: <laughs> that, that's not even a guilty pleasure. That movie is a pleasure. <laughs> Actually,
1: you know what? When that, I had a a black black box back in the day, and I stole my cable. And when yeah. and when that was on pay per view, the time period, Chris was deep into being unemployed and taking drugs. And I watched that movie so many times, just high with like, what am I doing with my life? Well, I'll figure it out after I watch Varsity Blues again. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll I'll figure it out after I see the fat guy cry.
1: Yes. (laughs) Uh, All right. So we got the top five most rewatchable films. We have... uh, uh, We're reviewing the
0: Beastie Boys story that came out recently on the Apple TV.
1: Uh, spoiler alert. I don't have Apple TV. How did I watch it? (laughs)
2: Christopher. (laughs) We
1: uh, are going to recommend some stuff. So right now, do you know what you're going to recommend? Or you got to come up with it on the fly like normal. Yeah.
0: I think I, I know, I know what I'm going to recommend the song. I'll figure it out by the time we get there.
1: How about you? Do you know? I actually do. I do. I mean, it, yeah, I'll get into it when I recommend it. There's some uh, there's some good and bad, but it's just kind of a fun, guilty, pleasure, kind of feel-good series. So, uh, And then, oh, are we doing Hashtag Comic Head this, this episode?
0: We're going to try and get a hold of uh, Prof.
1: Jeff. All right. So, um, we may or may not have a Hashtag Comic head section. But I do got a comic for that. Uh, oh i know you do you're chomping at the bit. yeah all right mine's awesome so uh let's hear a little uh uncle tito and donovan to get this episode started
2: ladies and gentlemen introducing out of costa mesa california two of the meanest podcasters in the game both Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu artists, with a background in being family men. Prison Johnny from best friends. We salute you on this day, you savages. Ha! What's up, bitches? And now, back by popular demand. It's time for Best Friend Frenemies' Top 5
0: list. All right. Thanks for that intro, Donnie Darko.
1: All right. This is Top 5 Most Rewatchable Movies. And, Johnny, what's your number five?
0: Coming in hot at number five <laughs> is it's... Uh... It's one of my favorite movies of all time. That's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. OG 1971 Gene Wilder version.
1: I love Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How to, to specify that. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I just read the other day that scene where we first see Willy Wonka come out. Gene Wilder, you know, and he came out with uh, his cane. And all of a sudden, he fell forward, and he did a front roll and jumped up. That was completely improvised. The director had no idea he was going to do that.
0: Dude, he's the shit. You yeah. know who isn't the shit in that movie, though? Who? The fucking grandpa, dude. He'd been in bed the whole time, not working. The second Charlie wins the, the ticket, he's like, oh, I'm cool. I can get dressed. I can go. What? What? He was, like,
1: was he getting Rona money?
0: Yeah, dude.
1: could <laughs> get. Getting- lazy bastard i know and the
0: second he, he i got a golden ticket fucking guy Get's up, jumps starts up.
1: dancing what an yeah. asshole fuck, fuck I, i'm general principle they should have been grandpa you ain't going dickwad
0: yeah you haven't done shit grandpa you yeah, should I mean, fuck home
1: <laughs> apparently uh jamie wasn't uh his wife Cause yeah, when I do that shit, if I'm homesick and I'm in bed and I'm like, hey, I'm feeling better. Fuck you, like, then get up. We're oh. gonna start doing work around the house. Okay. Yeah. I'm, all I'm gonna...
0: all the blinds open up and shit, dude. Oh yeah. Such bullshit.
1: All right, my number five. You guilted me into this. Uh, I had another one, but um, all right. So my number five is between the cheeks three
0: yes there were so many <laughs> questions
1: from two uh, I know. Uh know okay uh, my number five I just have to put this in it's been on there probably three other lists top five lists on our podcast but uh, Cruddy Kid it's one of those films it's on TV I stop I start watching it and the last time I did it which was a couple of weeks ago I was reciting everyone's lines <laughs> as it was playing out and Jamie was like, how many times have you seen this movie? And I'm like, shut up. Like, you know, why are you trying to stop me from living my life?
0: Dude, it is. It's a.
1: It's a pretty much a perfect movie, though. Dude. I'm going to have to... I know
0: people don't like to hear me agree with you. And even though that movie is forever changed after watching the TV series Karate Kid...
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, or Cobra Kai. I'm sorry. Uh... I still love that
1: movie oh dude so i love great. it and we you know what what the hell is going on when's the next season of cobra kai coming out this would be the perfect time for it
0: i know everything's getting fucking pushed back
1: pushed uh, back uh all right what's your number four my number four is a movie
0: that anytime it's on i'm gonna watch it and that is goodfellas my favorite of all the mafia movies i like it more than godfather i like it more than godfather 2 goodfellas
1: goodfellas pretty good film like it, I had, <laughs> that came on netflix the other day and i started it i mean i couldn't my wife and son aren't going to want to watch it so i had to turn it off but god man the beginning when he's talking about I always wanted dude, to be a gangster, like it's
0: dude. So- just a scene where he goes. They they do it all in one shot where he goes in through the uh the kitchen to get into the restaurant, and they all of a sudden they whiz around and put the table down right in the front in front of the singer, showing what a baller he was.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good one. Uh, all right, my number four, motherfucking Top Gun. <laughs> motherfucking Top Gun, yo. That was on TV again. Apparently, all I'm doing right now is pulling a Johnny and watching TV. You are the new Mike
0: TV, dude.
1: Uh, That was on TV. And my... I'm like, come on, let's watch Shop Gun. And I didn't get any takers, but I love time. And you're
0: all, all, come on, let's go outside and play volleyball with our shirts off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait for... Top Gun, Maverick, to come out.
0: That just got uh, pushed. pushed back.
1: Yeah, I know. Freaking lame, dude. That movie looks, I'm looking forward to it. Is
0: Val Kilmer going to be in it?
1: He does. He has a little role, a cameo. I I mean, I can't I can't imagine. It's, um, actually, I just read an article that he did not want to be in the first Top Gun. He didn't like the story. He thought it was lame. Uh, but he was under contract, so he couldn't say no. But then, when they were filming Maverick, he called him up and begged. He begged him. But I mean, dude, the guy has cancer. Like, what? I can't imagine that he's, you know. I mean, it's probably just like a, just a quick scene. But, dude, I don't care. I want to see. I want to see Ice Man. Yeah, I hope it's
0: not a fat Ice Man though. I hope, uh, dude, he got. I hope he had a trainer. He got pretty big.
1: Dude, he got big. But whatever, dude. The guy's got cancer. Hey. Let me just tell you right now, if I get cancer, I'm going to get big.
0: Oh, dude, if I get cancer, I'm just going to go straight to shooting heroin.
1: Well, (laughs) well, well, that's why I'm going to get big.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. What's your number three?
0: Uh, My number three is Pulp Fiction. That was one of the, the craziest movies where a character dies. Spoiler alert. And then all of a sudden they come back. Now, now you see that all the time. But the first time that ever happened, you're like, What the fuck is going on?
1: Dude, I know you're like, what the hell happened to Vincent Vega?
0: Yeah. Uh, nah. Like when you see him back on the screen, you're like, wait, I'm so confused right now. Is this earlier? And now they do it all the time. Now that's like just standard yeah. in the movies. But you lost your LA privileges, Chris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, my number three. So, this is a, a little uh, peek behind the curtain of this podcast. I'm recording it. I have an app on my phone that we're recording this. Uh, I can't look at the list that I made, and I wasn't prepared. So, I know <laughs> this wasn't my number three originally, but... Wait, do you want me to tell you number three? I'll just tell you. All right, tell me. What was my number three? Um, you know you can just... Uh...
0: Like swipe up and you can get your list. But your number three is. Okay, your number four, which you didn't say was Red Dawn.
1: Oh, yeah. Original Red Dawn. So, okay, that's my number three. I'll have that as my number three. Uh, the original Red Dawn. I mean, my son watched that like about a month ago. Dude, I love that movie. That thing has held up. I mean, besides the fact that we were invaded by Cuba. Uh, man, I thought it held up pretty well. I love that (laughs) film. Every time it's on. That was
0: like a that was a legitimate fear when that movie
1: came out too. That Russia was going to come and take over. That was the first PG thirteen movie, and I went and saw it in the theater, even though I was not thirteen at the time. And I remember walking out of that theater, going, "Dude, that could totally happen. (laughs) That, That could totally happen." But yeah
0: especially living in utah chris <laughs> they could land in my field at any moment at any moment uh they they could touch down right there on spanish Fark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right what's what is your number 2 my
0: number 2 is uh this is uh, this is a movie that's been on a bunch of our lists but it's one of my favorite movies of all time so i could not put it on there and that's almost famous
1: I love that movie. That's an that's another. I that could be on my list if that's ever on TV. I stop, and you know I can totally relate to him being a golden god. You know I have that. You know,
0: (laughs) who do you now? Who do you think the band really is that uh,
1: that they're portraying? Well, I the first I remember reading an article that uh, um, Cameron Crowe, who wrote and directed it, who was it was based loosely on his life. Um he his first assignment for Rolling Stone was the Allman Brothers.
2: Yeah. And he was
1: a teenager, he was like still in high school and he went on the road with them for a little bit and wrote an article about the Allman Brothers. But I I don't
0: see th- I th- I think it's Leonard Skinner is who I really think it is, Cause especially cuz cause Leonard Skinner died in the playing, well like uh a bunch of the members of Leonard Skinner died in the plane crash. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's a great film. I could go watch that right now. I just think it's great. And then <laughs> the uh, Lester Bangs. Uh, oh, dude!
0: I went and bought a a a book that had a bunch of his articles. Oh, so did that, I? That movie came out. So
1: did I. Yeah. Yeah, he... Because I just... I loved
0: Lester Banks, dude. dude. He was so cool.
1: He and... I mean... Yeah. I can't, I mean... Phillip, that, that whole,
0: Philip Seymour Hoffman
1: nailed Dude, Lester he nailed Banks. it. And the whole scene of like... Dude, I've met you. You're not cool. Like... Yeah. He's like, gonna eat you alive. takes a lot. I'm, gl- I'm glad... I'm glad you were there to pick up my call. He's like, I don't go anywhere. I'm not cool. Uh, yeah. That was a great film. Yeah, he's all
0: my mini fans. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: like... I just don't have time standing on the sidewalk talking to my mini fans. Uh, <laughs> all right, hey, you're going to have to tell me what's my number two? I know what my number one is. What's my number two? Number two is Conan.
2: Yes, Conan.
1: <laughs> Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemy, to see them driven before you and hear the lamentation of their women. Yes. I love that movie.
0: Yes. Conan the Barbarian, and being a little kid, not only do you get to see a badass Arnold Schwarzenegger,
1: you get to see some titties. (laughs) You know what? And that's another film. It holds up. I, I mean, I watched that film, I mean, probably six months ago, I watched it. It still holds up. Like, I, it's a fantastic movie. I love that movie a lot. I know Professor Jeff does, too. All right. Oh yeah! So he's a big Conan fan. We're coming into our number one. What is your number one most rewatchable no, movie? Most rewatchable movie, and this is it's, this is actually the trilogy of this
0: is huge in our house. But but the the first and the second of it are are the best. So I just went with the the first, and that's Back to the Future.
1: Okay, first anytime it's on. First of all, Back to the Future, nearly perfect film, nearly perfect. I love that movie. The other two, it's like the fucking Matrix, man. Like, dude. No way,
0: dude. Back to the future, 2 is fucking the shit, dude. No. Wrong. Are, dude, to this day, Chris, what we're asking for at the future, we still, it's from that movie. We want the hoverboards. We want this, the self laces on the Nikes. Oh, they were. Ho- Don't give me that shit.
1: Horrible. Horrible. We, you know what? Have have we done a a top five, top five worst sequels? We're going to have to go back and look. Because if not, we're going to do it. And those and the Matrix movies will be on my list. No way, dude. Back
0: to the Future 2 is, is, first of all, wasn't even my pick. But I'm going to stick up for it right now. And say that it was fucking awesome, dude. When's the last time you saw it? Because I just saw it. We just watched all three back to the back. I cannot defend... Uh, <laughs> episode 3 But 1 and 2 are awesome
1: I right, man it's been Probably 20 years since I've seen it yeah. And it'll probably be a t- another 20 years Before I even consider watching it again Your dumbass freaking pick <laughs> Alright <laughs> My number 1 Since we we're talking about The Matrix The Matrix I'm not talking about the sequels I'm not going to defend <laughs> them it, the sequels were horrible. Oh my god, dude. They I don't even watch. I don't you know what? I just pretend that nothing happened after the first one.
0: I don't I just don't get it. How do you go from that movie and fall off so hard so fast?
1: I man I I I would really like to know. I mean, The Matrix to me is a nearly perfect film. No film is perfect, but nearly perfect film. And man, they just freaking Took a big dump for number two and three. It was horrendous. But the thing is, they're making a number four, which I will, of course, go see. And yeah,
0: and I bet you it's going
1: to be awesome too. uh, Especially, I hope so.
0: Keanu's our renaissance man right
1: now. Um, You kind of cut out a little bit. You're shoddy. uh, You know, I know you got a brand spanking new phone, but. and new, uh, I got headphones. my freaking like 10 year old phone and headphones and I'm killing it.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Well,
0: that, yeah,
1: whatever. That was. No, tell me about you were going to say something else about the Matrix. Uh, oh, dude. I can't remember.
0: Wow, Chris. How prepared. I didn't even were get years or
1: nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no. I didn't get <laughs> yeah, the years. Dude. It was just like, dude. I was so unprepared. I didn't have my list. I had to make you give me my list. This might be the... Yeah, the... dude. I
0: don't, I, don't, I don't even know if I'm going
1: to put this <laughs> one on the episode, Chris, because you look so I bad. I appreciate you looking out for me, Johnny. That's, that's why you're my bro. All
0: right. Well, that was top five
1: most rewatchable films.
0: there yeah i'm
2: here i was (laughs)
1: waiting for you to go all right we're back (laughs) all right so this is a segment um spike jones who directed uh he might have directed more than this but he directed the sabotage music video for beastie boys uh i think he even did like a concert anyway um he did uh
0: the concert was awesome i shot that
1: by the way, but go on. They uh did uh sorry I got distracted. There's some crows
0: uh, that are gonna like take you away right now. <laughs> uh,
1: they did a documentary on the Beastie Boys, the two surviving members, so uh, Ad Rock and Mike B. Uh, it I mean it was like a I don't even know how you would call it. It was like Mike Tyson did it, where essentially on stage and it was a, back-
0: a it was a two man. It was a two-man play, basically. It's
1: like, a, Yeah, and it was, like, spoken word documentary. I, so this is the thing, my, one of my, I mean, if I had to pick top five of my favorite songs, Sabotage by Beastie Boys would be there. I freaking love that song. Um, you know, and I do like Beastie Boys, but I remember when License to Ill came out and they had the music video, I mean, everyone, our at the time, our age, they would, yeah, watch, you... they would watch MTV. I mean, that's what we did. And when the video for Fight for Your Right uh, to Party came out, I even as a kid, I mean, I was probably, what, 11 or 12 maybe? I don't know. Yeah, no, I was in junior high. I was in seventh grade. I remember watching that video. And even as a kid, like, dude, these guys are douchey like they're just like totally douchey and i just it always kind of i always when even if i liked a song by beastie boys i just in my mind that they were just douchey you'd see them on interviews and it was like yeah i mean it was like almost like yeah. these white <laughs> like favorite flaves wearing wearing the uh, adidas tracksuits suits and oh the, yeah uh... just totally douchey but well,
0: no, and they and they wore the they had the Mercedes on their necklace, and I remember a bunch of kids got in trouble for bending off the Mercedes emblems off the cars.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, but like, but this documentary, this film, uh, completely changed my opinion about that they are just good guys. Like no, all, and they put a
0: perfect bow around that band. It was like the perfect final chapter with that band.
1: And it kind of, I mean, sometimes I think with celebrities, you forget that, you know, they're human too. And they're young at some point. And man, if I were judged today on all the dumb shit I did when I was like 19, 20, 21, you know, I mean, quite frankly, up until 30, uh, man, that would suck. I'm a different person. I'm not quite as douchey as I was and so they would have behind them uh like clips of from you know and photos it
0: it was very interactive they would talk about something they would talk about a song then boom they'd go into the song
1: and you talk about
0: something that happened on stage then boom they would show it
1: and there were interviews and there was one moment that for me that uh ad rock was watching him, I mean, he was just being so douchey in the, in the interview. And he was probably like 21 years old, 20 years old. And you yeah. see him now, he's a man in his 50s, that, who just looks like a dad and a husband, you know, that was cringing as he was watching it. Just like, oh my God. Or even like going back over their songs, like girls, like girls to do my laundry. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: and but then they come full circle when when MCA, you know, writes the lyrics, uh disrespecting women has gotta be through.
1: And you know Oh, they apologize they, for it. Yeah. And they even came out, um, I think it was nineteen ninety eight, I think Ad Rock wrote a letter apologizing for like homophobic lyrics and license to ill. Like I know yeah. I know this is coming like you know, almost twenty years too late, but I'm really sorry. Like we were just dumb young kids at a time that, you know, people. Yeah,
0: I I remember he wrote. I he was very sorry for ever having a
1: girls in in cages
0: on stage and a thirty foot tall blow up penis <laughs> that would inflate he, at the end of all their shows.
1: The one one part of the of the show that actually made me laugh out loud was they went, before their album came out, License Ill came out, they went on tour with Madonna. And they were just, at this point, were going to be like the villains from pro wrestling. Like, they were just going to be like, you're going to remember us. And, you know, they were going on stage, and (laughs) Ad-Rock went into this whole, like, I mean, Mike read, yes, read the whole, like, verbatim, like, as soon as you, fuck you, you got, you know, just like spewing profanity. And then they were like, okay, just keep in mind, this is what he was talking to. And I showed a clip of like 13 year old girls dressed up like Madonna.
0: The Madonna wannabe.
1: Yes. Man. And
0: yeah, they're all, that's who Adam was addressing every single night. Yeah. Like, we're the fucking best <laughs> you're yeah. ever going to see. And. No one's going to bring it as fucking hard as us. And then they showed these 12-year-old girls. (laughs) You know what? And I
1: actually, I mean, I knew that there was a falling out. So when they went off to do Paul's Boutique and they signed with Capitol Records, that there was a falling out with uh, Def Jam. I knew like Russell Simmons, there was a falling out. And Rick Rubin. Well, and until this documentary, I didn't really know that they had a huge falling out with Rick Rubin.
0: I didn't know they didn't make any money off that album, dude. Yeah. I mean, that that album was a monster, dude.
1: That was a monster. But you know what's funny, too, is it sometimes you hear, hear of, like, either, like, producers in Hollywood or music producers that are super douchey and they screw the, you know, the talent. And it's like they don't have any talent themselves. And they're just ripping off people that do have talent you look at the body of work that Rick Rubin has been involved with and you're like, God damn. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Like the amount of like hits and these monsters of either heavy metal or rap. I mean, all of it, the guy is a heavyweight music producer and you see clips of him in the early's Cause like beastie boys was like one of his like, I mean, maybe his second client or people he worked with. And dude, he looked douchey. He was living in a dorm room in NYU. and
0: With all this music equipment and a bubble machine. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and I mean, and you look at these photos and you look at these guys that, you know, I looked up to and made all this. I mean, they were so young. Like the beast, now did, Beastie Boys. Were- did you
0: watch past the credits?
1: Uh, I because
0: they have they have some famous people that actually stand up in the crowd, and oh, I no. I gotta tell people watch watch past the credits because because Beastie Boys uh they like to they kind of shit on uh Paul's Boutique, on stage and that album is a is, was just so ahead of its
1: time. Well, and that's the thing with Paul's Boutique. I read a book on that, the making of it, like with the Dust Brothers and and. Like they couldn't make the amount of sampling and all the work they did. They could not make that album now. And
0: it would never, it would never be allowed to be released.
1: Absolutely. In these and, times. I mean, and the thing is, I even think the Beastie Boys—they loved that album, but it was just—it was not commercially successful. But
0: at the time, at the
1: time. Now, I mean, you go back. I mean, you listen to these like rock critics and all this stuff. I mean, they're like. Paul's Boutique is like a masterpiece. Like,
0: yeah, dude. Let's just—they—they they were fucking rad, and they were rad because not only did they have, you know, they could have been a one-hit wonder. Then they put out this amazing album that was too ahead of its time. And then what do they do for the third act? They pick up the instruments and say, "Why don't we just play the sample? We'll just learn all these instruments and play." And play what we want to sample, anyways. And like, they're fucking sick musicians. Dude. They have two different instrumental albums that are insane.
1: You can look at, I mean, there are people out there that have made good music and, you know, even bands and whatnot that I like, but I wouldn't look at them and say or claim that they were like really talented artists. Like, yeah, I like the song. You know, like you see, like you know, if you look and oh, they have ten people writing the the this song and blah 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 blah. Y- you know, and whatever. I'm not taking anything away from it. And there's been good songs that have come out like that, but like the Beastie Boys were actually, I mean, our artists. I mean, they
0: yeah, no, and, and they made great. Did you news. read the book?
1: Which which book?
0: Beastie Boys book. That came out around Christmas last year. No, no, I didn't. Ha! I read the book, Chris. Oh, you
1: looked at the pictures?
0: It's, well, there's a lot of pictures in it. If you like the movie, you'll love the book. It's, uh, it's... In Beastie Boys fashion, the book is 571 pages.
1: Hmm. No, I mean, I've seen it. I haven't read it, though. It's
0: insane. And a lot of the stories that were on stage are in the book. And then, uh... What I also like about the movie too is is MCA it's also a love letter not only to the band but it's to MCA
1: who's no longer here who died
0: of cancer a couple years ago.
1: He died man and I love, he was 47 dude.
0: I know it's that's like fair. like our
1: age like almost our age.
0: Your age cuz you're older than me. But, no, right, no, um, we're the same
1: age right now, <laughs> asshole. We're the same age. I love it. I love it. <laughs> But what I love is constantly, time and time again, through
0: the movie, you're finding out that MCA is this this MacGyver that always has an answer for them, where they're like, but we hang out every day. How come you know all this stuff when we don't? That was hilarious.
1: Yeah. Like, how does he know this? Like, we've been together, like, every day for, like, three months. When did you pick
3: this up? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, and I... And I love... Go on. Oh, I was just... You know what, Mike D and, and Ad Rock really endeared themselves to me. Like, they just seem like good guys, you know, and, you know, I think it's cool, too. They're like, you know, once um, MCA died, like, the band was over. Like, we're not going to continue being Beastie Boys when.
0: Yeah, like a lot of guys. Oh, do. yeah, for
1: sure. And
0: and I, I would like, totally buy an album. If just those two put out an album, I would totally buy it. No,
1: I would. I respect. I would buy it. I respect. But I think it's, you know, I don't know. They, it was a really, really entertaining documentary. I highly recommend it.
0: uh, And you know what? I actually met two of the three Beastie Boys. One good experience, one bad experience. All right, go. Because I I had a friend that worked at Capitol Records. We called him Capitol Rob. And he, uh, he took us, we went to the Troubadour... To see a band, and he's like, and he's like, oh, it was one of like, uh, because Beastie Boys had their own label, Grand Royale. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, hey, uh, Mike D's gonna be there tonight. So we met him at Capitol Records. We went all the way up. He took us all the way up. You know the big round building. Yep. And we smoked a joint at the big, on top of that round building, and he's like, hey guys, I wanted to show you this, and he points, and on that big tall antenna. I guess uh, the Beastie Boys put their, t- their tags on that an- giant antenna that's on top of the building. It's still there to this day. And so uh, we went to the show at the Troubadour and uh, me and my friend Ricky were, were at the show at the Troubadour and he goes, hey, there's Mike D walking through the crowd right now. Let's go shake his hand. So Ricky walks up to him, shakes his hand. I stick my hand out to shake Mike D's hand and he waves me off.
1: Dude, shut up, really?
0: And I was fucking pissed, dude. I started like, so then Mike D goes and sits down, like kinda in this little corner, like that, that was right by like a staircase to go up. And Mike D staring at me, and I in my head, I'm thinking of how many Beastie Boys albums I've bought. And I was gonna walk up and ask him for my money back. Cause I was so mad. And and then Mike D ended up actually sending someone over to to have me go talk to him. And then he he uh he said, hey, I just wanna tell y'all, sorry. I was just trying to get through the crowd and I was afraid if I shook your hand then I'd have to shake everyone's hands. Oh. And I was like, and then, he, and then he shook my hand. But the damage was done,
1: Chris. I got dissed by dude. Dude. dude, dude, come on. You can't be, I mean, he redeemed himself. He made amends. He, he knew, he knew that he broke my heart. You know what? He broke my heart. I, hey, if I were in your shoes, I'd feel the same way. And I would have been like, I'm going to go home and crush up all my beastie boy Elvis. No, but he did shake my hand. And but dude, to this day,
0: my friend Ricky will be like, remember that time I D dissed you at the <laughs> Troubadour?
1: <laughs> I, but the thing, man, someone making amends goes a long way with me. Hey, I'm sorry about
0: that. No, I know. And he did. And it, it did happen in the same night that he said sorry. So I guess I can't really hold a grudge Oh, yes, you for can. That. Dude. I, I but, have... but dude, hey, if he's sending someone over to have me come over to him and then say sorry to me,
1: obviously he knows he was addicted. Oh, of course he did. You know what I'm saying? Of course he did. <laughs> but the thing is, I have never met anyone. You know, there's a thing. I remember reading it. I Wait, remember... Chris, I wanted... We'll call it.
0: I wanted to tell you about MCA, though, who passed away, who I met.
1: Oh, I thought that was your post-story. Good, good... No. Oh, you got another one. All right, go. Yes. Uh, so, back with Capitol Rob for another night, round
0: two of BC Boys, and we go to... They, they, on their label, they had a band called Siba Mato and it was at a, a club that I don't know if it's still in LA called a uh, Spaceland. And so Siba was playing and MCA came out in a Yoda mask, but you knew it was him. He came out in a Yoda mask for a song. And like, I'm not talking like a cool looking Yoda mask. I'm talking like the, the, remember when Yoda masks were like blue, they weren't even green. Yeah. He was wearing one of those for a song. And then he took and then he he ran outside and then later on he kind of crept back in the club and he was against the wall. And and I walked up to him and I and I said, I said, hey, I just want to say I'm a big fan. And he shook my hand. And you know what he did for the next 20 minutes? He started asking me questions. He wanted to know if I snowboarded and where I went and what other music I listened to. He was talking to me so much that when I uh, that we had to leave and I had to say. Hey, it was so nice meeting you. We gotta go, and he shook my hand again and left. And there was such two, such drastic differences in meeting the Beastie Boys. You dude. know what though? He was one of the nicest guys I ever so met. So the
1: thing is with the whole Mindy story, is that I read an article once that um, tigers hold grudges, like of any animal, like they can remember grudges and they will go out of their way to get revenge. That's like you. Like, you will hold a grudge. You cannot. I understand being waved off and being bumped because I would be bubbing. I'd be like, he just shook
0: my friend's hand in front of I know.
1: Him. Like, I get it, dude. But he made him in. you got to let that shit go. He did. He
0: did. Okay. Okay. Mike D, we're cool. we're cool. All right.
1: Cool. All right. I'm glad I brought you two together. I've done my part. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, hey, Chris. Word. <laughs> <laughs> they, this documentary is available on uh, Apple TV. I believe that's the only place right now it's available unless you know a pirate, which I do. Uh, yeah, but and you know what? I'm going to buy it.
0: When it's for sale and I see that somewhere or if I see it on Amazon, since all of the stores are probably never going to open again, I'm buying yeah. it. I like it that way. Yeah, much. it was
1: really good. And normally, I mean, let's be honest, dude. You, you recommend some real stinkers. Whatever.
0: <laughs> but you know what? You know what was cool, too, is I got to, I got to sit down and watch that with my son. And you know what happened after that movie? He was playing BC boys in his room when I walked by and I was and like, did, Fuck and yeah. did you
1: go like,
0: he's an asshole. He waved me off. No, I said,
1: and now the circle is complete. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, highly recommend it has.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey. And I recommend the book too. The book is called BC boys. Hey, we're not... The movie is called BC boys. Story. Hey asshole.
1: We're not talking about the book. We're talking about the documentary. Okay,
2: cool. Okay, bye.
1: So this is the segment we called. Really, this is a segment called trumpet in the background. It's called salty peanuts. (laughs) Is that
3: Coltrane in the background? (laughs) I'll turn it off. Sorry, I'm a man of. uh, It's actually Miles Davis. Coltrane, Miles Davis, whatever. I'm a man of culture.
1: Little bitches brew coming at you. You're a best friend of me. We don't got time for culture.
0: (laughs) Yeah, culture left a long time ago.
1: (laughs) I don't want your life. We actually just said that. All right, so this is a segment we called Hashtag Comic Cat. We recommend comics, and I'm just going to jump right out of the gate because I got 10% power on my phone, so we got to cruise through this. Uh, I did not know. I just found out one of my favorite comics ever is by Alan Moore uh, called Miracle Man that came out in the eighties and it was like, you want to say rip off or paying homage to, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, uh, the DC's Captain Marvel, uh, you know, where you had a young boy who would say magic, you know, word and transform into like a big, big flying beef boy, um, beef boy. Beef boy. I stole that from you. And, uh, Alan Moore, uh, wrote Miracle Man and killed it. It was such a good series um, and dealt with a lot of themes. I think it was published by Eclipse back in the eighties, but Marvel, there was a whole copyright issue. No one like the rights were in limbo Marvel. I just found this out. They reprinted it. Like I'm going to say maybe it was like seven or eight years ago, but I'm under the assumption that Alan Moore refused to have his name on it. So they put another author's name on it, like some fake name on it, which was really freaking weird to me. Uh, But it is out there. Miracle Man. You can get it in uh, trade uh, by Marvel. I highly recommend it.
3: Do you know the name he went by?
1: Now you're calling me out like a bitch. I can walk (laughs) downstairs and get it.
0: (coughs) Jeff, Chris has not been prepared at all this episode (laughs) i have
1: not (laughs) this 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 came out of like nowhere and we just sprinted
3: through it i respect that i can respect you
1: know it was just like all right i'm ready to do it let's go all right so the author's name buckingham oh perfect so buckingham is the name and it was weird because i thought it was going to be a different series and i read the trait. i'm like Dude, this is the same thing. Like they changed the art, but it's the exact same story. Super weird, but uh, still worth worth a read. So, co- yeah. Professor Jeff, what do you got for us?
3: Oh man, so uh, I've been reading. Uh, my recommendation is *Scalped*. Oh, Jason Aaron. By written by Jason Aaron, and the art is by R.M. Guerra, and. Um, <clears throat> I guess it spanned a total of 60 issues and um, it ran from like 2007 to 2012. Uh, It was published on Vertigo, Vertigo comics. And it's essentially like a crime slash Western kind of noir deal. And um, I just think Jason Aaron has this incredible ability to write about the United States. Um, I don't know if you guys read Southern Bastards. But, uh, which is another amazing book, but he's like, he manages to write about the most kind of like nasty shit about America, but also make it really compelling and still kind of like make it interesting and kind of beautiful, I guess, in a way. Jason, uh, he
1: actually got a lot of shit for scalp because when that came out, um, So it's, I heard it described when it first came out, they pitched it as it's like, you know, a soprano, Native American, you know, like a Native American sopranos, like deals with like a Native American casino. And he got a lot of love for it. And then people, they were like, whoa, 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 hold on a sec. A white guy is writing this. And he took a ration of shit for that, which, you know, I thought was kind of.
3: Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like anytime I mean we've become kind of you know, all we've heard about like stuff that relates to Native Americans as far as like art is always like we always hear it about it as like mascots and sports and stuff like that. And um it's weird to see like Native Americans drawn in a comic because you only you almost feel like it's racist in a way. You know, because there's very I, I guess like pronounced features and they're clearly, you know what I mean? The artist is clearly like drawing them to look a certain way. Yeah. It's kind
1: of, I mean, it's a caricature, um,
3: first, but, uh, yeah. Cause I'm sure there's much, there's much more variation, but there are like uh prominent attributes, but it's really interesting. I mean, essentially the guy that owns the casino, he runs the town of course, And he's like the mayor of the town or whatever. And uh, this kid who is from that town, basically he gets in the FBI and they bring him back like undercover to get into the guy's like task force or police force. And they want him to like bring the guy in on murder. Right. But meanwhile, the, the kid has a bunch of issues because... He, like, hates his mom. He grew up on the res. He's got drug and alcohol problems. He's, like, extremely violent. He's got this ex-girlfriend that he was in love with, and she's, like, the town whore, basically. And uh, there's a lot of titties in the book, too, which is always great. (laughs) Yeah, titties. (laughs) But, uh, man, it's just, like, it's really compelling. It's, like, very... I don't know. He's really, like... It's weird because sometimes, like, you know, Jason was writing Thor for so long. You kind of forget, like, how gritty... These guys get on the big, too, and you kind of forget how gritty they can be sometimes because they're kind of, like, trapped inside. I mean, they still write great stuff, but it's not like when they're writing an independent book. Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. And it's like sometimes you forget about, like... You're like, oh, Jason wrote Thor Forever, but you're like, oh, yeah, he also wrote Southern Bastards and he also wrote Scalped, and it's like, man, that stuff is... is <laughs> really gritty, very dark, very poignant. And it's like, I read this thing someone was talking about, or it was like a a prologue or I think a foreword or something, or an introduction. And this guy was saying how it's like, when you read Noir, it's like watching a Greek tragedy. Like, you know what's going to happen. But for some reason, you can't stop watching. Like, you know pretty much everyone's going to die or go to jail, that shit's going to go bad. But it's like, the writer... Is so good that you're like you know what, damn it, I want to keep reading it, even though I know this is just going to go bad. But um, yeah, I really like it. The art's great, um, writing's really good. Obviously, I think there's probably like five trades total. I'm guessing if it's sixty, if it's sixty issues, it's probably like four or five trades. So um, they're pretty big trades. So nice. Yeah, no, it's a great series. It's a great series. Uh, yeah, I gave no, no. John, Johnny. I gave you the first book, right? Okay, cool. Yes.
1: I have it. I'm like, you give me Well, Johnny so pick books. one
3: yeah. now and recommend <laughs> it. Oh, hey, you know what I didn't um, get to talk about is how I got I went to so well, I went to Comics Tunes and Toys and Chris was really nice and gave me like this uh, money on my books like I'm in prison to get some books. That's that's right. And uh, I was on the phone with Comics <laughs> TNT and they get me all set up, right? So I drive up there and I think they just hooked me up and let me do curbside pickup cuz I'm a local. And, uh, and so I drive up and then Jacob like runs out and he's got a second bag of books and he's like, Hey, this is for you. Happy birthday. He's like, but he wouldn't tell me who it was from. So I don't know who it was, but, um, I got so many books. It's pretty ridiculous. So I'll have more books coming your way, but thank you. Perf- thank you to you, Chris. And whoever the mystery person, Professor was. Jeff has a hey, secret story. admirer that knows that that knows that that's my comic shop and knows that (laughs) that's your weak spot oh man yeah all right it was great dude best birthday ever for being in quarantine i got comics and i got a 300 bucks towards a tattoo i mean what more could i want nice (laughs)
2: happy happy
3: 21st birthday (laughs) yeah bro 37 (laughs) baby (laughs) oh man beef full beef boy (laughs) all right johnny yeah
1: all right
0: my pick that i uh is another mark miller because everyone knows i'm a hashtag Millerhead, and uh, it is prodigy volume one the evil earth and uh and I read this at the pool last weekend and uh, read in one sitting. I fucking loved it. Uh, basically, the, the synopsis of it is, Edison Crane isn't content on being the world's smartest man and most successful businessman. His brilliant mind needs to be constantly challenged. He's a Nobel Prize winning scientist, a genius composer, an Olympic athlete an expert in the occult, and now international governments are calling on him to fix problems they cannot handle. Basically, dude, he's always, in the book, he's always doing more than one thing at once in his mind. He's talking to someone and he's also fixing a problem. Or he's figuring out, he likes to do stunts, like kids design stunts for him to try it. They challenge him to do stunts. So he'll be like jumping the Grand Canyon, but he has to land on this thing on a motorcycle or like he's always doing something rad, and the artist is Raphael Albuquerque, or I, I believe is his name. Like, anytime I see an R now from yeah. the I always want to be like, "Oh, his name's Raphael." <laughs> but uh, dude, the book's killer. It's it was it was originally six comics, and uh, you know you can get it in the book or the trade as. Chris and Professor Jeff call it. Uh, I loved it. It's super fun read. Lots of action.
3: Uh, Johnny, would and, you uh, would you occult. like them to do so a series on Netflix? Oh shit! Okay.
0: Yes, because they are my friend.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, because uh, Mark Miller's product, all of his, uh, all of his stuff's been bought up by Netflix. So they're going to slowly. Nice job. Start rolling out some things
1: for us. I I imagine. But I'm sure that's been pushed. Well, guys, thank you for let's get off
3: before Chris's phone dies.
1: Yeah, my phone died. I got 7%. So thank you very much. And uh, we will talk (laughs) to you next time.
2: Save the world Running around and chasing all the criminals Swinging on a web Flying in the sky Shooting lasers from the Well everybody needs a hero but I'm not everybody else I walk alone Yeah, I walk alone Yeah, I walk alone
0: Oh yeah Holy shit, are you impatient
1: today? <laughs> yes, I am. I got to go on an adventure with my son. I'm Chuck okay. Chuck. Ch- I'm a I'm a dictator. Did you call me the Michael Jordan of freaking podcasting.
0: That makes me Scottie
1: Pippin? <laughs> uh, well, Professor Jeff, kind of like my Pippin, right? You're more like uh, you're more like a BJ Armstrong.
0: I, I, you could at least say Spud Webb
1: because he was a <laughs> cool little dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we got recommendations. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in. I watched there was seven episode series on netflix by ryan murphy uh who is of uh american horror show uh horror
0: horror story horror story (laughs) see
1: you look you know what i've never even watched that (laughs) what i need because you're you're too scared little uh he did a series for netflix called hollywood uh the first five episodes i really really liked um I think my only critique of it would be, I mean, I guess if you have a series called Hollywood, it's going to have a Hollywood ending. It felt like the last episode was a little bit, little too Hollywood, but uh, it was, and I remember like back in um, the forties and fifties, there was a gas station up in uh, Hollywood where they would have uh, the gas attendants were, if you gave a code word, they would go off and sleep with you. They're gigolos. And so this kind of like the premise where a starry eyed guy comes to Hollywood to be the next uh, movie star and ends up having to get a job at this gas station. Uh, And it, the twists and turns, I mean, one, I love that period of Hollywood because it was so dark and so... CD and they had their fixers and it was just such an interesting time to me. Uh that I love that period. Um it was Chris, a- are you
0: playing with a jar of marbles right now? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you tambourine man right now,
1: <laughs> I didn't even hear anything. I was laying down. Is that better? <laughs> yeah, that's better. <happening. laughs> yes, I picked up the tambourine in quarantine. <laughs> I'm starting a band, you know, our band, uh, the shitty triangles. Hey, you know what? Uh, Speaking of which, there's a real band out there called shitty triangles. Did you know what? Let's sue. I'm going (laughs) to sue. Anyway, so Hollywood, the movie uh, is great. They take a lot of creative license. So think like with Quentin Tarantino with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Inglourious Bastards. He took creative license with, uh, you know, things that did not happen, but they wish they would have. They Ryan Murphy did that with Hollywood. Uh, you know, there's Rock Hudson's in it and deals with his sexuality. Uh, and it, but I, you know what? It, it was a really, even the last two episodes, it was really, it was a fun series, kind of a feel good um, series, so I recommend it. Hollywood on Netflix.
0: <laughs> Hollywood, you know what? And that's that's uh that's like trending as number one on Netflix right now.
1: Yeah, it's you know what I. Oh, the other part is the only reason I became aware of it because uh, Jim Parsons, who was from uh, Sheldon on what The Big Bang. Big Bang Theory, yeah. He was on Jimmy Kimmel and he was talking about it. And his character in this series, I mean, if nothing else, you should watch it for him. He is fantastic. He is such a sleazy son of a bitch agent. And it is incredible. And I don't think you could watch... I'm really curious. I think I've watched maybe one episode of The Big Bang Theory. So I'm curious if someone who really enjoyed his character watches this because he is playing something so opposite of that character. But it was good. I like it. All right. What's your recommendation?
0: My recommendation, uh, since we're recording on a Friday, uh, I saw that season two of uh, Dead to Me came out today. Did you watch season 1 of Dead to Me? Chris,
1: Christina Applegate? I did not.
0: It was did. It looked like it was going to be this cheesy like chick show. It's about like a widow who's like trying her husband was uh jogging and was uh, killed by a hit and run. So she's trying to track down like who killed her husband. And uh and she meets this girl in like a grief group and then you you find out in the first season it's no big secret that her the her friend from the grief group was there because she she hit and run her husband, and it's a it's a dark comedy, and it's the the first episode we ended up binge watching, and uh, and season two came out today, and I can't wait. It's going to be awesome, on Netflix. It's called Dead to Me.
1: So apparently, this recommendation segment is brought to you by Netflix. Yeah, dude. Brought to well, me.
0: everyone, everyone's. Living off of Netflix
1: right now That's right Alright so uh, what song are you going to recommend That I'm not going to listen to
0: Oh my god Chris Yeah see cause A little peek behind the curtain I was going to look up Some shit And Chris just uh, Chris I'm going to let you pick Do you like, like uh, Last week or so Post Malone did a Nirvana tribute
1: Oh yeah you know what I I watched
0: that, it dude. It was awesome. Yeah. That kid is talented. He is, I'll tell you that right now. He's
1: very talented.
2: And,
0: and and you know what? I think that won over a lot of new fans because I know a lot of people told me they're like, you know what? I didn't want to like that guy because I think the, all the stupid tattoos on his face and under his eyes are stupid. But he's actually really talented. I mean, he did have Travis Barker from Blink One Eighty Two play drums for him on the session.
1: It's funny, but I'm just it's Howard Stern. Gave an interview. He said the same thing. He's like, I didn't like Post Malone. The tattoos on his face just put me off. I didn't want to like him. And he said, I watched that, uh, that Nirvana tribute, and he was like, Holy shit, he is so talented. <laughs> like, I yeah, I, I love him now. So yeah, no, like, and he's yeah.
0: a serious, like, a seriously talented uh, musician. That's where uh, Uncle Mike, who uh, Desi's Desi's uncle. That like goes on tour with bands all the time who will like got us all the the sick uh, passes to Metallica. He went on tour with uh post Malone and he said that guy just goes out on stage by himself every night in their entertained stadiums,
1: dude. Yeah. No, I I So I, might I think I'm gonna work.
0: just pick in bloom, I think is I'm gonna try and find a good quality. Chris kinda put me on the spot, so I think everyone should go check it out though.
1: All right, well, I'll actually listen to that. So I guess this is Post Malone in Bloom.